Well, by this time of year, we are typically munching, we at the Bryant House, I should say, we're typically munching on Thanksgiving leftovers, hitting the hardware stores, putting up Christmas lights, sometimes scanning the cyber sales for good deals, and could be happening to you as well. We're looking ahead at what's coming as we feverishly juggle dates, making room on our calendars for, you got it, yep, one more holiday engagement. I get tired just thinking about that. I realized, though, in the middle of the night recently that observing the traditional themes, practices, and engagements of the Advent season this pandemic year, well, for me, it just seems odd, seems awkward and out of place. Kind of like what we see in the latter part of Matthew's Christmas story as seen and heard in chapter 2. I'm reading to you from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, beginning with the 13th verse. And by the way, this short blurb here, uh, scripture passage of Scripture, immediately follows the uh, t- first 12 verses, which are all about the visit of the wise men from the Far East. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he, Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet Hosea out of Egypt. I have called my son. This, my friends, is the word of the Lord for us, the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God is our response. Welcome to the season of Advent, my friends. Advent marks the beginning of a brand new church year, and I know you're excited about that. The word Advent, though, simply means coming. Advent means coming like something is coming over the horizon. Now, if this was a normal year for the next four Sundays, you might remember that we'd be lighting a special Advent candle in the church. The Advent candle symbolizes Jesus, the light of the world, coming into our lives once again on Christmas Day. Advent is a remarkable time of preparation. Some might even say that this church season is magical, somewhat mysterious. But either way, it's known as a time of anticipation as we wait for the wonder, excitement, beauty, and joy of Christmas. Honestly, though, come on, let's be honest. What can the season of Advent teach us in this year of loss, uncertainty, and basic survival? Because we really never know what's, con- what's coming anymore, do we? accordingly. How do we observe Advent when it seems almost impossible to plan and prepare for anything these days, let alone put dates on our calendars and make preparations to celebrate a season whose major theme is supposed to be looking ahead and preparing for exciting new things on the horizon? The major theme of Advent is getting ready for inevitably really good things coming our way. I know, right? 
Advent for many this year in a new, and you might even say in kind of an unexpected way, is low-key. And for some, Advent this year is just anticlimactic. I say that simply because after having our first in-person outdoor worship service in the foothills a few few weeks ago, we at Yuma First, well, we were beginning to roll in the right direction, carefully opening our doors at a very meaningful time of of the year, Advent. I mean, what great timing to open the church again. Because Advent is the season that ushers in the beauty, the magic, and the holiness of Christmas. And and the Advent season has always been a time of profoundly new adventure, filled to the brim with excitement, anticipation, and just waiting for good things to come. Certainly for me anyway, early November this year was beginning to look like the day was surely coming, saith the Lord when we'd be fully back together again. But it was abruptly cut short, as we all know. I suppose getting back together again was just too good to be true. That said, this Advent season of stimulating new beginnings then seems kind of strange. It seems anomalous and just even out of place. So how do we genuinely observe the wonder and the joy of Advent when daily life remains so fragile, painful, crazy, unpredictable, and yep, it still remains uncertain? Well, for me this year, it's kind of like that brief statement in Matthew chapter 2 about the Holy Family escaping quickly to Egypt because a dangerous wrench has suddenly been thrown into the middle of their holiday plans. And for many folks this year, their hopes and their dreams for a joyful, up-close-and-personal Christmas celebration has all but vanished, hasn't it? Take note. Hang with me for a minute now. We're going to look closely at the story that we just heard out of Matthew's Gospel. Now, in the middle of a two-chapter story, about multiple angelic visitations, an unimaginable divine birth, followed by a, you might say, a house call from an enigmatic group of visitors from the Far East. Why on earth does Matthew turn the tables and seemingly delete the joy, wonder, and holiness from an initially wonderful narrative about God's saving action in the world? And how does he do it? He does it by doing two things. Number one, Matthew briefly describes what's known in shorthand as the murdering of the innocents. Only Matthew has that. And secondly, in just a few sentences, the quick exit from the Christmas holidays by the Holy Family themselves, whose plans for a peaceful transition north to Galilee, headed home, so to speak, is now suddenly cut short and headed south rather than north. Go ahead and read chapter chapters uh, 1 and 2 of the Gospel of Matthew to get the full picture of this story, and you're going to see the, the part there about the murdering of the innocents and, of course, the story about Herod's executioners, which is why they escaped to Egypt in the first place. But why on earth does Matthew make the effort to include the nation of Egypt in God's story of sending the Savior of the world? Does it possibly have something to do with a reality check 
even in the middle of the greatest story on earth being told. Well, for me, especially this year, the raw power of the Advent message rests solely in the prophet Hosea's proclamation, which is quoted here by Matthew in chapter 2. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. That's from Hosea chapter 11. So exactly what's going on here with this no doubt unexpected reference to Egypt being an integral part of the Christmas story? Well, simply put, out of Egypt is a message fitting for any year, actually, but never more appropriate than this extremely difficult pandemic year where so many have been both literally and figuratively imprisoned, held back, and effectively kept from thinking past the end of the day, or maybe the long-range thinking might be the end of the current week. Yes, as we begin a brand new church year, I believe every one of us are being called by God to leave behind our Egypt. That is, leave behind whatever it is that's been successfully keeping us paralyzed this year. Remember God's chosen people were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years before God sent Moses to set them free and to lead them to freedom and eventually to an awesome new homeland far beyond their dreams? And for them to finally live as free people, note that they had to be released from the burdens of slavery, which involved a 40-year-long journey of drudgery, confusion, revolt, and even it involved uncertainty beyond limits. Can you imagine the deep prayer and the brave choices it required to finally break the bonds that kept, had kept them in lockdown for generations? Well, I think by now, after the year that we've just had, the year that we've just gone through, that many of us can finally imagine the holy intuitive courage it took to dangerously step out into the dark night of the unknown. Especially as we, we, we all we have to do is open our Bibles and read over the Exodus story again. We will begin to understand, I think, maybe for the, some of us for the first time, the courage it took to blindly begin a new chapter in life, knowing that they were leaving behind at least a world they had knowledge of, even if it meant go, going back to and living in that continued slavery in their lives. I'm referring here to, you want a quick read? Open your Bibles to Exodus and read chapters 11, 12, and 13, and you'll see what I'm talking about here. Now, you Bible gurus know that the Israelites' escape from Egypt in the middle of the night, as seen in the book of Exodus, is just the beginning of the nation of Israel being brought by God out of Egypt. The story of God using Jacob's son Joseph to save his father and the whole family and eventually setting them up to live peacefully in the land of Goshen, that is another significant turning point where God's saving instrument, Israel, is being, yep, you guessed it, brought out of Egypt. Also significant in this unfolding story of God's redeeming action in human history is Jacob's bones being buried in the land of Canaan near what became known as Jacob's well in Samaria. See Genesis chapter 50 for that story. 
Now, we know this same area today as the nation of Israel, which, by the way, was God's name for Jacob. Keep in mind, it was in that very same area of Samaria that Jesus of Nazareth met with the Samaritan woman at the well. Remember that powerful story that we see in the Gospel of John? Ah, now by by now you might be saying to yourself, "Uh uh-huh, it's becoming clear. What seemed at first to be a rather odd comment about God's saving action being brought, quote, out of Egypt is actually Matthew, the gospel writer's skillful way of adding God's mighty presence and power to a year, yeah, this year, where the coronavirus has changed the landscape of our lives forever. Yes, in a very real way, I think, connecting with God's ongoing saving action on behalf of his beloved children is indeed the overwhelming strength of the Advent adventure in this particular pandemic year. God's mighty presence and power To save reminds me that those who observed the Jesuit devotional calendar, recently they remembered the 117 Vietnamese martyrs who died, often barbarically, for bringing the Christian faith to Vietnam. Now, one of those martyrs, a guy named Paul Labau Tin, wrote from his prison cell, In the midst of these torments, which usually terrify others, I am by the grace of God, full of joy and gladness, because I am not alone. Christ is with me. Do you sense the presence and power of Christ in your life today? Have there been times during the coronavirus journey when God seemed remote, disinterested, or maybe even absent altogether? In conclusion, Advent this year, my friends, like virtually everything else that has come and gone, leaving in its wake overwhelming uncertainty, still remains for me a powerful new adventure, akin to leaving behind fear, burden, exhaustion, anxiety, uncertainty, and bondage, bondage of all types. As I head toward and claim for myself, and I'm claiming it now for you, a brand new church year, which promises to bring exciting, peaceful, joy-filled, and meaningful new things to every one of our lives. Yes, Advent this year is still all about wonder. Advent is still all about hope and anticipation, enjoying the life that God wants for us, and the life God already has planned for us. And in this way, yes, the season of Advent this year is just like previous years. So with that said, I invite you to continue with me this year in this year's Advent Sermon Series, made up mostly of old parts. The series, the Sermon Series, is Deep Prayer and Bold Choices. Overall, the series will be focused entirely on this very specific, often disappointed, and sometimes even promising coronavirus journey that we've been on this year. Finally, Let's promise one another to make this year's Advent season a powerful new adventure. 
Share your Advent story of freedom. Share it with others. Share it with me. Tell me about your Egypt, whatever that, whatever it is that's been holding you paralyzed and keeping you and holding you back this year. Pray about where God's taking you this year. Pray deeply about your spiritual pilgrimage for 2021 and prepare, start preparing today to make some brave choices. And authentically, and I mean this, authentically, ask yourself this question beginning now, beginning today. And here's a question. What will it take for me to leave behind the Egypt that's been holding me prisoner this year? I end with, it's kind of a poem. It's from a song, one of my favorite songs. I am who you say I am. And it's by Hillsong Worship. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Amen.